Guys, we are back in Canada. Johnny Seffer, Colonel Nye, stuck in the tundra the last seven days. I'm still looking for him. But in the meantime, we're going to check out Mordecai Wiener. This guy is awesome. I randomly met him. He had a very tough upbringing. He was going to Weight Watchers at a young age. He was in a negative downward spiral. He couldn't fix himself for 20-plus years. One day, the proverbial light bulb goes off in his head, and he figures out a solution that is so simple, all of us could use this. I know you. Joe? Yeah. Nice. I think I just read your book. Uh, You read the book? Yeah. Which one? Spartan Fit or Spartan Up? Spartan Up. Do you like it? I really, I really, you know what my favorite part was about? We talk about that new frame of reference. Frame of reference. Everything in life is about frame of reference. And I never right? realized that. Right? Think about it. I mean, it depends on the glasses you're wearing in life. If you come from um, Eastern Europe and you face some hard times today, it's no big deal. If you come from um, Trump's mansion and you right. face hard times today, it is a big deal. But, so, Where are you from? Which uh, story? Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, I grew up in Detroit. So you have a tough frame of reference, Michigan. Yeah, hard knocks. Hard knocks, right? Tough place you, to grow up. Yeah. So you, you grew up in Detroit, and then and at 13... You sent me to boarding school in different, in different, different places. Different places? Yeah. So what's your story? So um, I, I was born, I weighed 11.7. My mom weighed 400 pounds when she had me. Wow. And I was three weeks late, so I was, like was kind of like a miracle baby in a sense where... They were, the things weren't easy for my mom giving birth to me. Wow. And I was, when I was born, I was... How, just, 400 pounds, just unhealthy living? Yeah. She just, my mom would just always struggle with her weight as a kid, and just we, our whole life we struggled with our weight, me and my mom. Um, we used to go to Weight Watchers ever since I was 10. Every Sunday, my mom, um, in, a, in the 12-passenger van, me and her, would go to Weight Watchers, get weighed in. I was, I was the youngest person with all these adults in this meeting that they were you know, t- saying all these different things around health and wellness, but... It always felt terrible, you know, stand, walking in and getting weighed on this, like, scale. You feel like you're, like, an, kind of like an animal being, like, you know. Weighed in. Yeah, it just never felt natural. And it never worked either. We, we would lose, like, 10, 15 pounds and gain 30 but, back. But, never... so, uh, I'm just having a tough time understanding it. So, was it that you just didn't have the knowledge? When I say you, your family just didn't have the knowledge on how to eat and how to live? Or, or, or was it the discipline? Or was it both? I think it was both. You know, things weren't easy for my parents growing up. I was one of seven. Yeah. So money was really tight. Yeah. Um, and I think my mom just didn't know about proper eating. It's funny because my dad would be like, look what's in this package. It's all sugar. It's all chemicals. And I'm like, ah, oh, dad, come on. And my mom was kind of one running the home. And she'd be like, ah, oh, whatever. Everyone can have whatever they want. Diet Coke's for everybody. It was kind of, you know, oh, right. that was kind of the, right. the attitude. No one ever listened to my dad. Was, was he, he was your dad overweight? No, he was skinny. So it's kind of like an interesting dynamic. And now, as we're all older, everyone's like, wow, Daddy, you were right, you know? Right. He's always eating fruits and vegetables, and no one else in the home would eat them but him. Amazing. And he, had, he just couldn't influence anybody. He had a hard time with that. So yeah. my, my growing up, my, um, we didn't have the overweight problem, but my dad was on the donuts and the sodas and the junk food, and my mother became vegan, and, and no one listened to her. Really? She was a crazy person. Right, because it wasn't normal. It wasn't mainstream. That's what, that's what it was. It wasn't normal for us. Right? Normal was being sold to us in advertisements and and let's face it, I mean, sugar tastes better than celery. It's, right? also, it's also addictive. It's addictive. So naturally when you're growing up like that, for me it was very much like 
you know, I have a rough day at school, my mom would come home and cook me my favorite dinner. Right. You know, she was always, uh, I think she always had a softer place for me in her heart because she could understand what it's like to be heavy as a kid. Sure. And I got bullied in school. I had a really lo- rough time because of that. And she would just get, she, oh, she, did, she showed me love the way she knew how through food. Right. So I was constantly reinforcing these negative emotions with food. So as I, you know, when became a young adult, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, would you, would, would, you, would you weigh then, and were your brothers and sisters also heavy? No. I was, I was, they were, one of my sisters dealt with it a little bit, but nothing like me. I was uh, like the... I was, not the black, you were the big sheep. I was a, mas, I was a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, all right. By the uh, way, everybody knows I only drink water, but this is kombucha that um, we just picked up here. Cheers. Cheers. Um, so so um, you're struggling with weight. You're going to Weight Watchers. You're... Living in a family that doesn't necessarily understand that side of your dad, what to do. Um, how are you feeling about yourself? Feeling? Wow, that's a good question. Um, like, are I, you down on yourself? I kind of felt a little hopeless. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, why? I'm like, why is this? Why? Why am I so different than everybody? Like, I had such a hard time. I didn't have any friends. I always felt isolated and lonely. I felt comfortable just being alone. I didn't want to, you know. Cause constantly picked on and ridiculed in my in camps. I, my parents always sent me away to school and camp, yeah. so I was constantly having a really rough time because of it. And I was always on these extreme diets because I just wanted to lose the weight. I wanted to lose the eighty pounds. So it was right. like go on the Atkins diet. So my parents would send me to to. I was in boarding school. They sent me with a suitcase of meat, and I, all I would do is eat meat for three months, and I'd lose sixty or seventy pounds. Right. But then as soon as I would have a piece of bread, I put back five pounds back on, and it was not sustainable because you know all the meat, I was so much acid, I was just yeah, like right, right. has terrible acid reflux, and just didn't feel good. Right. So it was constant like yo-yoing, and I mean I knew how to yo-yo diet because my mom would always, you know, as a kid she would gain and lose, she would gain and lose, gain and lose. So I had a couple. Was, did time. exercise ever come into the program? Um, a little bit. So I like to play roller hockey. I rollerbladed a little bit, but no, yeah. no extreme. No, no gym ever right. lasted more than a week. No Spartans. No Spartans. Right. I know what Spartan Race was back then. Um, and then when I was, so when I was 24, 25, um, was at the point of my um, um, e-commerce how, how, how old are you now? I'm 31. 31, okay. So that was like the point where things were going really well. I had a really a big executive team, the company, we had 150 employees. You started your own company? Yeah. So wow. my, this was my third company when I was 25. All right, hang on, back up. You're feeling down. You can't lose weight. You come from a tough place in Detroit. And you start your own business? All I wanted to do was make money. Because I didn't grow up without anything else. I saw my parents struggle. I was like, all I, want, all I want to do is make money. Got it. Eight-year-old kid, I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to make money? How am right. I going to hustle and make money? But, so but I started these like, little... More than, more than weight loss, money was more important. Yeah, at that point, I felt like yeah, money was... I didn't, I didn't consciously make that decision. That was just my, right. my driving force. was like, okay, how am I going to make money? Pretty impressive. You start, you start a couple of companies, all internet-based? All internet-based. Right. Yeah, I dropped out Because you, you spent a lot of time on the computer. Yes. Growing up. I spent a lot of time on the computer. I, I used to, you know, I got lucky because just at time, I, when I was in college, my third year in college, in business school, I heard about eBay and it was just the right time and the right place. And I just got on eBay and started selling stuff and I was extremely successful at it. So that made me um, just, things just started growing naturally and organically that I just started this business. It wasn't like a planned thing. Right. And one thing led to another. And three businesses later, I'm 25 looking in the mirror, not recognizing the man looking back at me and be like, how the hell did I get this big? How did I let myself go so far? Oh, the, the size, physical, physical size. Physically, I'm looking yeah. in the mirror, I'm just like, who, are, who, who, who right. am I? Right. Like, you would think, like, this is everything you dreamed of, but I mean, right. you have all these people working for you, you don't have right. enough to go to work anymore, right. you can, you know, work, come, show up, you know, a few times a week, it was, it was just, but it wasn't, I was, like, still in my apartment. 
Wow. Miserable and unhappy with no energy. And 150 people working for you. Yeah. Unbelievable. So there was a day, I actually have the picture, there was a day I look in the mirror and I'm like, holy shit. And I, I look at the picture now and I kind of, I mean, I was very big. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I just didn't think I can continue living like that. It was like, if I don't do something about this, there's no... Like, what's the point of all this? Like, yeah. if, I, if, I can, if I can't get... And, I, and I, then I said to myself, this is the part that made logical sense to me. I'm a pretty logical guy. I'm like, if I can do this financially, no one believed in me, right. all my teachers thought I was going to fail, then why can't I do this sure. to myself? Yeah. And that set me on a new journey to just, like, really focus Lose on weight. that. Yeah. And so what'd you do? So you sold that company. So it was, it was sold a year and a half ago. Congratulations. Thank you. And, and um, you, made, you made some good money. You achieved those goals, and you started losing weight. So I started losing weight. How? I would just think about all the habits that I had. And like, like eating late. Like eating, like exactly, like eating late past 8 right. o'clock or 7 right. o'clock at night. It was right. like something so easy to cut out. Right. Um, Exor- another, what about another, exercise? Another one was, so I had this bad relationship with exercise where I thought like if I would exercise, um, you know, it was like I would, go to, I would sign up to the gym, go to for two, three weeks. Right. I didn't care if it was 40 degrees outside or 10 degrees. I still go to the gym. I'm, I'm pretty disciplined, but it only lasts like two or three weeks until, you know, you just Something can't else, do it anymore. Yeah, sure. right? so, that, so I had a bad relationship with the gym, so I started a thing called sneakers on, where every morning I'd wake up and i put my sneakers on, and I realized that if I can judge myself something so simple and say to my, and, and accomplish it, right. that's good enough. Right. The fact that I can start believing in myself again. Right. And I started... Sneakers cr- on. If nothing else... Sneakers on, yeah, I like it. You have to put your sneakers on. <laughs> right. And if you don't want to do anything else, take right. them off, put them back in your right. closet. Right. But at least you put your sneakers on. Right. And creating that positive reinforcement allows right. you to start believing in yourself that you're capable of doing what you say you're going to do. I like it. And I started doing little things like that. I'd be like, okay, my goal is to drink 10, glass, 10 things of water today, 10 yeah. bottles, 10 cups. doesn't make a difference what else I eat. Right. You know, I'm, I eat pizza, I eat fries, but drink the 10 bottles of water. Right. And then you start believing in yourself that I can drink this amount of water. And right. of course, you're feeling better drinking so much water right. and you're not as hungry. Because right. half the time you're hungry, you're thirsty. So you got a list. You got sneakers on. Sneakers on, drinking a lot of water. Drinking drink, drink, drink a lot of water, 10 yep. bottles of water a day. Yep. Um, it was also not eating past 8 o'clock at night. Nice. Um, meditation became a big part of my routine because. Nice. The idea is that the emotions were controlling my desires to eat. So if I feel isolation, I would need, need to eat. Yep. If I felt stressed out at work or something I couldn't deal with, I would just resort to ordering unhealthy food. Right. So all these things came into play. Right. So meditating really got me in touch with the things that I was believing and, and were controlling me without me understanding. It slowed everything down a little bit. So you can see yourself being pulled to the food because of the reason. Sure. And hold on one second. What can I do? What else can I do to solve this? Those are three big ones. Yeah, and then also another one was um, in between portions, waiting five minutes. Ooh, so that's a hard one. <laughs> but you know what? It's only hard if you're trying to stop yourself from eating the second portion. Right. It's very easy to say that I'm going to have a second portion in five minutes. You look at your clock, it's 7.50. Like in five minutes, I'm having another portion. And you wait five minutes. And if in five minutes, you, want, you look at your clock, and five, you wait five minutes, you know you're going to have it. Yeah. You can't wait if you don't think you're going to have it. Right. So I tell myself I'm going to have the second portion in five minutes. And if I want it, I have it. But 90% of the time, I don't want it because I realize full. I'm full. Yeah. But only yeah. because you're giving yourself permission to have it, it's okay it. I love to, it. to not. Did, did, um, did you, was this from all the years of Weight Watchers and everything, you came up with these few things? Um, I think only once I started paying attention. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but, but I mean 
You just didn't sit down and say, hey, these are five little tricks I'm going to come up with. No, it was, it was once I, so once I started doing it, I'm like sneakers on, and then eventually right. it was like, okay, I know I need to drink a lot more water, so right. what can I do about water? Right. I'm like, I have a water machine in my office, but I never go to my desk to go to the water right. machine. Right. Okay, I'm going to buy five cases of water and, and, and for my office and for my car, right. so there's water everywhere, so there's no excuse anymore. Eliminate right. excuses was the way sure. to... Sure, I love the five minutes between portions. Because it's, it's, it's... What's the size of the portion? I don't. I don't. Measure, I don't. I don't. I don't try. It could be a whole plate. Yeah, it could be a whole plate. But I'm not having a second plate unless unless you wait five, five minutes, minutes. Five minutes go by. You could also put a fifth one in if those were four. A fifth one would be smaller plates, right? Because the size of the, the size plate. of the plates. You always need to finish the plate. Yeah, I never thought of that one. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Because I'm in Japan right now. Everybody's thin. Everybody's thin, and the plates are smaller. You're using chopsticks, like. It just changes the game, right? In America, it's like big plates, big portions. So um, we're wired, I think, to finish everything on the plate. Yes, absolutely. Right? But it's so, harder. To, you're right. So if you have a smaller plate, it's easier to control it. If you have yeah. a bigger plate, it's hard to say to yourself, leave a little bit. Like I've heard that before. That doesn't work. If no, it's in front of no, you, no. chances are. We're going to finish the plate. Just change the size of the plate. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, I good. guess you could still go vertical, but. Right, but yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a lot harder. This is, this is great. This is great. So, uh, so another thing that was really important for me was the accountability piece, which was starting to have accountability partners. So I'd, I, would, I would commit to these things, and then I would have a friend call me up every day to make sure I was doing those I things. I love it. And that was the part that now I felt accountable to somebody right. who I didn't want to let down, who was, um, who was going to measure my success. And as soon as I started talking about it to more people, I started creating this accountability group around me right. that helped me um, stay, on, stay track. on track. And that's how I lost all the weight and been able to maintain it the last few years. What, what if um, you slipped? Then it, I always tell myself it's okay. It's, it's okay. It, it, don't... In the past, if I slipped, I'd be like, okay, I'm starting tomorrow. No, right. There's no starting tomorrow. If I want pizza right now right. and fries right now, I will have pizza and fries right now. There's no, there's right. no like, oh, I'm gonna, I have to wait until a week. or no, right. I don't believe in restricting yourself. If you right. really want it, you can have it. Yep. If you really want it. If you can wait, you don't have to. Right. But as soon as but, you start but restricting... You but you don't... Like, let's say you slipped, and, and if this would be considered a slip. Uh, you didn't drink water today. You didn't put your sneakers on. You know, it was a bad day. Do you then fall back into the old routines, or do you say, "All right, well, no. I missed a day, and so yeah. tomorrow I'm back on"? Yeah, that's right. exactly it. There's no, right. there's no, there's no falling into the old routines anymore because right. I don't, before it was all restrictive behavior, saying I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Right. Now it's allowance. I'm like, I can have everything if I want it. Yeah. But I know, I, I, but I know how good I feel right now, so I don't want the pizza. I don't want yeah. the fries. Sure. I feel so great. Why well, sure. do I want that? That's a great story, and and I'm sure. Um, you know, we've got millions of uh, uh, listeners and watchers that could use these tips. What other... So, I mean, the whole point of this podcast is, um, which you didn't even know you were going to be part of, <laughs> which uh, is, um, if this is a podcast, I don't know, it'll, it'll be a podcast, how do you become successful? And so we just went through those points related to food and weight. Um, what about the success you had in business? Because very interesting to me that... So now I'm kind of merging the two, the, uh, my business expertise yeah. and um, the health and wellness. Like that's like my, I, I found my true passion, right? So yeah. after my last company was acquired, I took a year off and I just traveled. I backpacked through many countries. Nice. With no, what country, no, no direction in what, mind. What country you love? Um, Costa Rica. Nice. Rwanda and Africa. Nice. Um, Estonia. Nice. Europe. Yeah, just like... I just went from place to place, wherever felt right. And yeah. I, didn't book, I only booked one ticket to Costa Rica. That was my... And then just picked the spot. And just picked the spot. Everything, every place led me to a new place. And nice. I was trying to learn to follow my, you know, my emotions, where I wanted to go, what yeah. was important to me at the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
so after traveling, you know, my real accomplishment has been not the weight I lost, uh, not the 120 pounds, it's really the fact I didn't gain it back, and my routine has been changing constantly for the last year. Where are you on exercise at this moment? So like, at this moment, I exercise almost every day. What do you do? Um, I do about 20 to 30 minutes of cardio, interval yeah. training, yep. um, and then I do um, about 30 minutes of weights. Got it. Um, how do you feel when we're done talking about doing some burpees with me? I, I actually have a ruptured disc in my back Ooh, right now. I'm sorry to hear that. So I'm going I'm to have to say no. I will, I will show you a exercise then when we're done that I think might help your disc. I, I'd be happy. Yeah, yeah. I'll try that. And I, I've done it religiously um, for years, and, and I give it to people that have back pain, and it, and it fixes them. Okay, good. And yeah, for sure, I'm going to try that. Yep. So, all right, so now you're merging the health and wellness aspect that you've applied to lose weight with your business expertise, and what are you going to do? Um, that's a great question. So I've been, I've been thinking a lot about and experimenting with different things, and everything that has healed me has been around human connection. Right. Um, you know, isolation breeds addiction, as we all know, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like with our, especially the times that we're in right now, people are more isolated than ever. That's why the obesity rates are at 70% in the country. Yeah. So how do you bring people together, right? So there's a couple things I'm working on. One is letting people be seen. People who've lost weight, the reason they gain it back is because no one notices them for that. They kind of feel like a normal person now, and they know inside they're not healed. Right. But meanwhile, everyone treats them like they're a regular, you know, right. regular person. So I'm creating a platform, a storytelling platform, um, called One Million Pounds to um, show people stories and highlight Love their successes. Love it. And the goal is to support each other through the process. So by you reading my story, if you had to lose 120 pounds, you'd be like, hey, I can empathize with Mordecai. I want to I wanna, you know, talk to him or I want to, um, whatever it is. Right. He'll be influenced by my story. Love it. One so million pounds. Well, well, let's do something with Spartan because we've probably, I mean, we have a million participants a year. I, wow. I, I got to admit... On average, the little bit of data analysis we've done, on average, a person that signs up for a Spartan race loses 8 to 10 pounds as soon as they without even getting to the race yet. Because what happens? You sign up, now you get committed, now you start training, you start wow. eating healthy. Okay, I, I want to tell you the craziest thing, okay? Right. So this is a funny story. So, yep. I, so, this, so tomorrow, I'm supposed to be running a top. What is it called? Hold on a second. I'm telling you, it's a funny story. Right. I only signed up to it because I read your book. Wow. And I'm like, Spartan's too extreme for me right now because I suck at running. Wow. But wow. I, so I read your book, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, frame a reference. I, this is fucking genius. I have, right? to, I have to get my COO on the phone. This is the first time I've ever heard somebody <laughs> read our book and okay. signed up for our uh, competitor. I, the story's not over yet. Hang on if you're paying attention. We're going to bleep that out, by the way. You're not going to hear You're going <laughs> to hear color run. <laughs> No good, he's not answering. I don't know who else I can call to tell that story to. All right, so, um, so, so you sign up for this color so run. I'm, I'm listening to your book on audio, right. okay? And I, and I hear this frame of reference. I've never heard it before, but it makes so much sense to me. Right. Like, if I can create a new frame of reference, I'm, I know I'll, if I say something, I'm going to do it, right. right? I know I have to keep my word. Sure. So I'm like, all right, good. So what can I commit to right now? Right. So I'm like, talk seems easy enough. Sparring yeah. race seems crazy. Right. I'm not that crazy, but I want to do something just to jump in, because usually yeah. I'm like, let me think about it. Yeah. So I go online. I sign up to talk we're going to bleep that out. But I signed I sign up, up for Color Run. I signed up for Color Run. <laughs> and um, I, then I start calling friends. I'm like, who's doing it with me? I'm, I signed up. I'm doing it. And I get four friends to join. Right. Everything is great. Three- so my book drives revenue to <laughs> Color Run. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so three weeks ago, yeah. 
I'm at the gym and I'm feeling great. My back, I, what I told you was injured, was injured yeah. a, like a year ago. Yeah. But some reason, my trainer calls me up and is like, listen, I'm not going to come in today. Right. Um, I'm like, cool, no problem. I'll work out myself. I think I got it. And usually I don't lift weights myself because my back, right? Oh, it's very, it's very sensitive. You back out. So I threw my back out. Right. And I'm like, shit, I have this race. I'm going to kill yeah. Luke's my friends. What am I going to do? I'm going to get better. And I'm in no condition to run. I go to my doctor. He's like, dude, there's absolutely no way you can run. Yeah. Like, if you run, you're, you're, you're a dumbass. Yeah. So I don't run. Anyways, I, the race was tomorrow, and I was, wasn't going to be here. Right. But I'm only here talking to you because, <laughs> because, you, because of the back and the <laughs> thing, and the race was canceled, and now I'm here. So did, you didn't even know I was going to be here. No. You just walked in the room and I happened just, to see me. I, reading your book, I was going go to go to Color Run, and now I'm here talking to you. <laughs> what are the, uh, I mean, life is crazy. That's awesome. Right, and I'm going to fix your back. Which, which wouldn't have happened had this whole thing happened. And now you're fixing my back. How far crazy is that? And, and now I'm going to sign up the Spartan race. And I'm going to help you with the <laughs> one million pounds. But we're going to, the only thing I ask is we got to, um, anything I get involved in has got to be big. So we're going for 100 million pounds. 100%. We'll do, we'll do a million pounds a week. A million pounds a week. A million pounds is too small. I, I bet you we're losing, we're helping people lose at least 8 million pounds a year right now with Spartan. So, really? Yeah, at least. Because... Yeah, at least. So if we got those pounds donated to this cause... Yeah, let's figure that out. Let's figure it out. Absolutely, I like it. This would be good. So here's the question before we fix his back. Um, How do you, the viewer, that's having a tough time, whatever, in relationship, in weight, uh, not exercising, not not doing enough Spartan races, how do you have that aha moment? That's the question. I'm so glad you asked that because I I haven't really thought about it. Like the aha moment, everyone needs to have it. And I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. And when I looked at myself in the mirror and saw myself and didn't recognize the man looking back at me, I asked myself, why can't you do it? And then I said to myself, how come I'm so successful in business and I'm not successful at my body? So I had a frame of reference to look at. I'm like, right. I, I was set up for failure. For I was never, no, no one believed in me to create these companies. Right. But I believed in myself and I went at it again and again and again and hustled and pushed and pushed. But my weight, I couldn't do it. So I said, I could, I could do it if I want to do it. Right. Once you, once believing you in at, yourself, right, right. Finding, a new, a f- finding a point in your life where you believed in yourself or right. where you went for something and got it, right. any area, finding that one time right. as a kid or as an adult, any area where you want something and you got it right. on your own. Right. Finding that way to believe in yourself. Because right. if you can believe in yourself to do it, right. you can accomplish it. Right. So you, you're thinking for the viewer, for somebody out there or the listener, um, there, everybody has something in their life that they were successful. It could be whatever it is. Anything. And, and just apply what, how, whatever they did to be successful at that to the thing they're trying to fix. Yes. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, and once you recognize that, you said, I could, I could knock this. I said, I can do it. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to live this, and I have to do it. And if you did it. Wasn't, yeah. And you did it. And we met. Look at and that. And now we're going to do it 100 million more times. All right, let me fix your back. Hey, Joe. Colonel Nye here. Listen, man, good news. I've caught a flight to Tampa. If I don't get caught in customs because of all that fruit I'm bringing you, I should be able to hop a flight to Canada, you know, just a couple hours after that. Hey, Joe, it's Johnny here. Listen, I'm in the middle of nowhere, completely lost. You told me you'd be in Ottawa. You didn't tell me where. I figured I'm a Canadian. I should be able to find my way there. I'm out here. I got my sneakers on. I drank 10 bottles of water. I had to get out to take a leak. And now I can't get back in my car. So you're not going to see me. Hey, Joe and Marion. I don't know if you've ever seen the Aurora Borealis, but they sure are beautiful. 
Something in the cloud tells me, though, I have, have Colonel Nye and uh, Johnny made it there yet? I'm going to send my Falcon out to see where those guys are. Was that awesome or was that awesome? Sneakers on. How simple is that? All of us should just take an area of our house, our apartment, right on the wall, the four, five, six non-negotiable things, the things we're going to do every day. And look, we still might fail, but at least, you know, I remember uh, Admiral McRaven, right? Admiral McRaven says, you want to change the world, start by making your bed. Uh, Mordecai says, you want to change the world, start by putting your sneakers on. <clears throat> but beyond putting sneakers on, I thought, I thought it was pretty crafty coming up with those few little tricks, right? Sneakers on, drink eight, ten bottles of water every day. We should all do that. We want to remain hydrated. It's probably going to fill up our stomachs as it did his. Um, the other big one was wait five minutes between, between plates. Here in America, let's face it, I know I do it, right? You, you, you're ready for your second plate before you even finish your first plate. Wait five minutes. Japan, where I'm living now with my family, the plates are smaller. Why don't we use smaller plates? Why don't we use chopsticks to eat? We'll eat slower, which will get us full faster. And a couple of big psychological things uh, and tricks or techniques to take away here, I think, um, if we go into the root of why sneakers on works, right? He says he was afraid of failure. All those years of Weight Watchers, and I think, I think that's the case with most of us out there that are, that are stuck in a cycle where we're failing at something. <clears throat> we're afraid that if we do the right thing or you know, take a left turn, that, gee, if we fail, um, that's going to hurt, so I'm not going to do that. And so he, he brought it down to lowest common denominator. He said, I could definitely get my sneakers on. Admiral McRaven says, you could definitely make your bet. What I used to do in races, look, I can't visualize running 500 miles, but I could make it to that next pole. If I could just make it to that next pole, then I'll get to the next pole. And before you know it, you knock out 500 miles. And I think, I think that's what he's saying here. And I think that's something we could, we could all apply to our lives. Find that little thing that we know we can do that's going to lead us to the next thing. Putting sneakers on leads him, hopefully, to getting out the door, which leads him into the car, which leads him to the gym and to a workout. And so... Um, you don't have to psych yourself out with um, the big long-term goal um, that you might, you might miss, right? You might be so afraid of you don't get it done. The other interesting thing that we could all take away is um, he was so afraid um, to fail until he realized, wait a minute, there is a part of my life where I am successful. I think all of us out there have some area of life where we're crushing it. Find that hone in on it and use it as a way to give ourselves confidence so that we can make the other areas as successful as that area. Till later, hopefully I find Johnny Seffer and Colonel Nye. See you next week. Thank you for watching another epic story of success. If you like our message, please share Spartan Up with your friends and subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you catch our show, maybe in the woods. Spartan Up is brought to you by Spartan Race. To find a race near you, visit Spartan.com. (laughs) 